Well, 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 welcome back to this session of the Papahood podcast. Well, if you don't think that a dad plays an important role in your life, I want to share a small statistic with you. Less than 6%, that's about 2 million odd people of all fathers of minor children are solo dads. But about 20.2%, that's about 7 million dads are absent dads. Now, there's a huge difference between solo dads and absent dads. But think about it. How do we define absenteeism? Is it just the physicality or the physical nature of being there? Or is it just being there, but mentally not being connected with your child? Right? So with that small statistic, I want to jump into who we are talking to uh, today. Well, before that, as we all know, please look us up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Either it's under the Stephen Brass or the Papahood podcast, we'd be happy and would love to connect with you there. Today's guest is a person that comes with, how can I put this, a lot of experience being a dad. And that for me is so endearing. Uh, Dr. Arvind Kasturi, along with his brother, were raised to be very independent kids. And what he has done over the years, he's got two sons, by the way, 20 and 24-year-olds, beautiful ages, young men. Over the years, he has tried to pass on, not tried, succeeded in passing on his learnings to his sons, right? He's been a practicing medical professional from 1989, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, uh, Dr. Arvind? That's perfectly right. Fantastic. Now, his eldest son is practicing law and the younger one is pursuing English and philosophy as well. But don't let their busy lives fool you because every father that we speak to, and it's so interesting, talks about the significance of spending time with their kids. Dr. Arvind, I want to pull you in now. Firstly, did I miss anything in your introduction? Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, uh, thanks, uh, Steve, and uh, uh, hello, everybody. It's lovely to be a part of this this podcast. Uh, like I was telling Steve uh, just now, I'm still recovering from the idea of this papahood podcast. I mean, <laughs> yes, fathers generally kind of uh, hang around and, 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 and do some work, uh, heavy lifting around the house, but we never, I never thought that uh, it would actually be defined as papahood, uh, the thing that we do. Uh, well, I, I don't have really too much to add. I'd like to say that I'm a Bangalore boy, uh, bred and buttered in Bangalore. Uh, and uh, except for, for, for a brief period when I did my DBS in Bangalore, and my MD in Velo, uh, but otherwise I've been here all along. I love the city, despite the, the river of metal that awaits me as I leave my office. But uh, yes, so, so I am a Bangalorean. I work at St. John's, which is a, a medical college and a hospital now. I'm currently a professor in community health with an, with an interest in, in the care of the elderly which is what my, my area of passion is, uh, geriatrics and trying to look at how we can improve care of the elderly. And now I occupy the position of Chief of Medical Services of St. John's Hospital. So every day brings with it uh, a, a fresh challenge, uh, right starting from the morning up to the evening. 
Yes, that, that's enough. That's just boring old me, Steve. But I'm sure the Papa Hood podcast has plenty more to offer. So back to you. Firstly, thank you for your time with that long list of responsibilities, taking time away to do this for us. We highly, highly appreciate it, really. Uh, I also must make a call out to Jude, a guest on one of the podcasts uh, uh, just recently. He's the one who nominated you, uh, Doctor. So, well, I want to call out Jude and say thank you to Jude for doing that. It's going to be very interesting learning from you as a fellow dad, but well, with a lot more experience. So, Dr. Arvind, here's what I would like to start with. What is the most, according to you, is the most common insecurity we dads face? What do you think from your, from your experience of life? Well, I guess it... it, it, it... It's it's a it's an it's an ever present need to know that these guys, your family, actually thinks that you are you're there for them and you 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 the thinks that you're a good guy. What you're saying and what you're doing is actually good for them. It, it's that it's that are they am I getting this across? Are they getting this from me uh, and what I do and what I say? Uh, or are they just kind of, uh, you know, going through the motions? I guess that is an insecurity which fathers probably have. I don't know. I wouldn't like to, to to put the grandfather cape on myself and speak for everybody. But I guess that is something that we go through, uh, which I find that mothers may or may not. I mean, mothers believe that their children love them all the time. They're there for them and stuff like that. But the father uh, uh, sometimes wonders, hey, even I'm around, you know, I mean, do you guys kind of, uh, excuse me, uh, me, 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 yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of a thing, is an insecurity. I mean, I'm not saying that it's it's a fact, but I'm just saying that's that's probably answering your first question. No, I completely agree with you because sometimes we work in the background, right? We are, we are very much part of the furniture, so to speak. But you're right, you know, and, and dads... Uh, you know, a lot of people have said this before, you appreciate being a father, even a parent, right? You appreciate being a dad or a parent only after you become one. You kind of see the struggles, the challenges maybe that your parents went through. Now, typically, ladies have it, uh, ladies are, uh, again, this could be a very, very, uh, uh, you know, biased uh, statement, and I hope you don't mind me asking, but mothers have an easier way of emotionally connecting with their kids, right? Doc, I want to ask you, how do you handle that? How do you connect with your boys? Of course, now they're men. But how did it happen over the last 20, 20 odd years? Yeah, well, I, I certainly feel that emotional connect is, is a very good term that you used, uh, Steve. And I think for, for, for women and ladies, the emotional bond or the connect happens much more naturally than it happens uh, with, with men and with, with fathers. And uh, they just instinctively reach out and, 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 and build this bond. Whereas with fathers, I think it's more, uh, it's more a question of while doing the heavy lifting and while doing this and while doing that, you, uh, you, you sometimes forget that, hang on, there is, a, there is an emotional relationship in addition to the caring relationship and the providing relationship. You know? So if you get too bogged down in that, saying that I need to get this and I need to do this, these are my responsibilities and I got to fulfill them. And, and, and here's, here's, here's what I'm saying. You know, you feel the need 
of saying, hang on guys, let's bond for a bit. I don't think a mother ever needs to say that, you know, hang on guys, let's bond for a bit. It's not something that they need to say at all. I mean, it just kind of comes with the territory, so to speak. But we find sometimes <laughs> the need to do that. And, and I guess uh, uh, it's by by being there, absolutely right. And by by still saying that, okay, let me do the things that that we do, you know, maybe read these guys a story and try to emote it and make it funny and, and make funny faces. And, and uh, you know, I have a trick where I, you know, if, I, if you can see this, I, I cut my thumb like this, you know, and it never fails to, you know. Uh, these are not things that some of, I don't know about others, but I say the ladies generally don't do. <laughs> they don't have to take that effort, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. So we got to prove ourselves by doing, hey, listen, I'm the guy here. Can you see this, this funny thing that I do or whatever it is? Yeah. But I guess, yes, emotional connect is, I agree with you, much better or easier established with the ladies. But I guess that that men get to do it, no doubt in their own quirky ways, but they get to do it at some point in time. Yes, that's that's absolutely true, and that's such a beautiful thing, right? Now I know that you had mentioned in your introduction you were bread and buttered. I love that. I'm going to rob that from you. I hope you don't mind. You were bread and buttered in Bangalore, uh, Doc. Tell me, I know that you, your dad was authoritative uh, in nature. That absolutely uh, fine. But your style of parenting has compared, uh, you know, comparatively been pretty casual with your boys. How did you get there, uh, knowing that your reference point was your dad, who was authoritative, but you chose a different uh, path? How did you get there, and what do you think are the, you know, advantages, benefits of that, of that style of parenting? Yeah, well, I think being authoritative and authoritarian, everybody, I think, I mean, every parent, even a mother at some points needs to be authoritative with her children or his children. And, and I think that that is something that, yes, probably the authoritarian guys do it almost all the time, and, uh, uh, whether consciously or not. But I think uh, with, with us, I realized that uh, I could come across as being a kind of a strictish kind of a guy, even though I don't mean it. Yeah. But there is something in, in one's demeanor or something that, that looks like this guy is a tough guy. This guy can be a tough guy. So I kind of thought that when I looked at my face in the mirror and the way I, I, I am, uh, that this could be a message that I that I am sending unconsciously across. So I decided, I mean, I don't know if I decided, but but I was very careful about it and said, no, 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 I'm this, this, this is a regular guy. You know, I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> I'm not this guy. So I, I actually, I think subconsciously, try to downplay that authoritarian business, which sometimes comes naturally to, to men of a particular type. I, don't, I can't put it uh, any differently. So I think it was a conscious kind of effort in the beginning, perhaps. And then, and then once, you, once the guys realize the kind of guy you are, uh, it then doesn't require an effort. I mean, they also know that you're not as uh, tough as you you think you look sometimes or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> so, so that's how I kind of, I guess I grapple with it, Steve. Lovely, uh, Doc. How, what do you think are the, are the benefits of being a little bit more, uh, how should I put it, uh, you know, casual? with the boys does that does that help in many ways or do you think we should follow that line of being you know yeah i i think that 
boys, uh, especially, I don't see, I've, I've only had these two boys, so I really don't know how parenting <laughs> a girl actually works, you know. But with boys, I think they, they instinctively look for a, a little guidance and a little firmness. Whether they, they express it or not, I think they instinctively look for it. You know, and and if, if you uh, kind of uh, don't do that at all, and you're all the time their quote unquote friend, and you know you're you're one of them, and all that, that's great, no doubt. I mean, it works uh, pretty much for some of the time. But I think that they do look for a certain uh, ruling here and there. You know, where they know that you can go this far, but hang on, the guy. Uh, at this point, I know the guy won't agree, or the guy is firm on this. And I think that that instinctively something that boy children, I don't know, like I said about girls, but boys definitely look for is what I think, you know, and that's 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 why I, 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 I think a blend of that casual approach, but with firmness is something uh, that is important. You know, Doc, you're, you're absolutely right. And statistics also tells us that, right? Of course, unfortunately, we don't have m much of statistics uh, about fatherhood and parenting. Or, you know, uh, we do have a lot about parenting in from the motherhood perspective. But from fatherhood here in our country, we don't have much, uh, you know, statistics and science that actually goes with this. It's, uh, you well, might find that because, interesting. Because the fathers were all busy doing the statistics. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, were they were part of the of the of the group absolutely so my my, my you know uh, you because you're absolutely right uh, the 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 science from the west tells us that a dad who is you know present uh, part of my introduction was talking about absent dads uh, dads who are present uh, reduce suicide by 67% I mean, think about this. This is between the age groups of your prime life, right? 18 to 30. I mean, it's it's sad on one side when you should be living the best part of your life. But, you know, uh, it is the truth. So I completely get what you're saying. As dads, we need to know. I, I mean, I can't be just the casual dad and not be the authoritative, right? Or authoritarian uh, at home. I, I have to lay down the law at some point in time. I think a lot of the times some of us, again, I don't want to generalize, but some of us want to uh, give off that responsibility to the mother because they know that the mom has a better emotional connect with the dad. So you play bad cop, I'm going to play good cop. You know, that kind of uh, thing. Well, it happens. And there's one more thing I'd like to say, Steve, which is that, you know, I, I even tell my, uh, my colleagues this, my younger colleagues in, in the workplace this, which is, that, you know, I quote from the, the Every Breath You Take song, where I say that uh, every breath you take, whatever, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Mm. Actually, you know, your children are constantly watching you. They're not doing it as watching you, watching you, but you are being watched. And that's what I tell my colleagues, your juniors, your, your students are also watching you all the time. So you can't do one thing with them and do quite another thing when, when you think you're not being watched. I mean, that doesn't work in my, in my view. And that's why I feel that if you are, uh, if you, if you believe that, uh, hang on, everything's very casual. <laughs> and then actually you lay down the law on the side, this side, and they look at this. They say, there's a dichotomy here, you know. They're very quick to pick, the, pick on that. And I feel that it's important for us 
to walk the talk, so to speak, and do yep. what we are. Be the guy that you actually are, rather than trying to play a role which you are not. Uh, either way, you know, kind of. So that's just another thought that I thought. I'd no, share. absolutely, Doc. Uh, I I come from the learning and development industry, okay. and one of the things that uh, we talk about is on-the-job learning. Right, okay. on-the-job learning is pretty much what you just said. Watching what your bosses, what your colleagues, what your seniors are doing and learning, gleaning from that and making sense of it, right? So what you do, well, unknowns to you is actually creating the next generation, right? Is actually creating a culture within organizations, within teams, within families in this case, right? So, well, on the job learning, walk the talk is basically what we are talking about. Um, Doc, the parents of today's generation encourage our kids to be more independent but yet because we have technology we like to survey the surveillance never stops let's put it that way right I, I tell my daughter or my son if you're going out of the house on the family group make sure you put your live location <laughs> right I don't know if it's just me being a finicky dad or what now what advice do you give guys like us right so that we can balance both this independence that they go through. And uh, because if I think of your kids as being 20 and 24, the chances are they were growing up when the surveillance started in the 15, 16, you know, that age. How did you balance that talk? I think the, the important thing, uh, Steve, is for, and this is, this is tough, it's easier said than done, but for them to know uh, let us say you are you are you are putting them on live location, or you are restricting something, or you are watching something that they're doing, or something like that. Uh, for them to know why you're doing all that, I mean, kind of, you know. So if they know that, uh, and I can't put it any simpler, uh, it makes your job easier, in, in my view, you know, in the sense that if it's if it's a a rule kind of thing, saying that look, if you go. I'm going to put on this and I'm going to watch you. You got to put, that's the rule. Yeah. Uh, and then they, I find, sometimes resent the rule. See, everybody resents rules. Even I resent rules. And when I was 16, I resented a hell of a lot of it. So everybody resents rules. The, the, the challenge, I think, is to try to make them understand why the rule is there, sort of, if it is there. You know, what, what is the basis of this rule? Uh, if, if you're going and sitting in your room and, and working on your computer, uh, keep the door open, uh, you know, kind of a thing. Not that I'm going to come and stand over there, but uh, surely uh, you understand why I'm asking you to do it. You know, that kind of an approach versus saying that the door has to be kept open between X and Y. Uh, don't ask me, uh, you know why I'm asking, so you better do it. You know, kind of a thing. I think that uh, any amount of effort that we can put in towards that end, trying to make guys understand why we are doing things uh, is worth it. And, and that's, the, that's the only advice I'd like to give uh, anybody of this generation, saying that rather than just keeping on uh, laying rule after rule, uh, often because we are, I mean, this generation of parents, young parents is also very busy, I understand, yeah. both working, long hours. Uh, so it's easier to to put in place a set of rules and see that they are followed rather than to try to explain and sit and talk. I mean, that's quite a, quite a, perceived as quite an effort. You know? And if 
that is so then uh, then it, it becomes difficult if, if, if you're taking that approach. But I think that it is worth the investment uh, uh, of trying to explain the whys of parenting to, to a child. Uh, not really like that, but you, you get what I mean. You know? no, absolutely. I mean, uh, you, you know, human tendency, and we all know this, if I told you do this, the first question that's going to pop in your mind is why? Why should I? Right? Why should I? So exactly. uh, if we can, uh, you're right, if we can answer that why question, make them understand, then it gives them a better understanding of why you're laying the law, you know, so to speak. So, yeah. Lovely, lovely. What are your thoughts on parents, Doc, who fall prey to the pressure of having kids, of not having kids sometimes and having kids? There are, there's this uh, very interesting thing that I've, I was reading recently, I forget where it came up on, that talked about parents who have one child, one or two, are putting all their eggs in one basket and therefore they can be very overprotective about you know where the child goes what they do who they see i mean you and i grew up i think in a generation where we went out and played i mean you you broke your hand you 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 played football you you went swimming in a well <laughs> that was absolutely fine but today our children are much more protective do you agree with me on that or what's your take on that no no i i certainly agree with you i mean I'm not fond of the, you know, in our good old days kind of a, a, a stories because, I mean, <laughs> those days have passed and stuff. But since you bring it up, yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we, uh, we cycled to school. We, uh, you know, did a lot of stuff. I mean, we were very free in the evenings. I mean, you just go. You come back after two or three hours. I mean, you go in the neighborhood. You go to the next guy. You you. You did all kinds of things. I mean, I, I've taken buses and gone to visit uncles and, and aunts in different towns and cities by myself when I was relatively young, which today seems almost impossible to conceive of with school-going children and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's very overprotective and overprotected. I don't know, Steve, where the, where the transition actually happened and whether this is a result of the kind of environment we are in or people are perceiving things which are not there and reacting to them and then looking at uh, everybody else and, and conforming to what everybody else is doing and therefore building in a pattern of, of behavior. No, but I do think that we need to invest some amount of independence in our children. I mean, we can't hope that we police them all the time and build in a lot of rules and regulations and expect that they, when they are, the, the, constant question I think that we should be asking ourselves is, what kind of an adult are we envisaging this guy to become, rather than what to do with him now? That's, a, that's, that's the immediate question. But <laughs> what 30-year-old, what 40-year-old are we creating here? You know, uh, If we are going to create another paranoid kind of a guy at 30 and 40, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we want. We want a guy who is kind of cool. You know, If you want a guy like, if you want your child to become a guy like that, then what is it that we need to do now would probably be the way to answer that, that issue of how much uh, we should protect them. You, you know, one of our guests said this very well. He said, Steve, we're not preparing children. We are preparing adults and citizens of the world. Absolutely. Right. So how we how we mold our kids, their thinking, their, you know, uh, uh, significance, their self-image. 
of themselves is what the world is going to get. So if we muck up, the world is going to get a mucked up, you know, a, a weird uh, a situation. Uh, and, well, an individual, uh, you're, I, I can't disagree with that, Doc, uh, because a lot of the times as parents, yes, we can be overprotective. And I love, I love the fact that you brought up confirmation bias, right? We look for the things that we, you know, basically want to, uh, conform to uh, and yeah. or, or, or confirm to our beliefs rather so yeah. you you're absolutely uh, you know spot on about that now i want to talk about relationships a little bit doc right what relationship advice would you like to give the kids of the current generation when i say relationship i'm not just talking about a romantic one i'm talking about any relationship because you and i uh, and many of us in our generation I remember when I left school, I lost contact with my best friends because they would have different addresses. Their father would move to another city. We just lost contact. Thank God for WhatsApp and Facebook. We reconnected, right? Relationships. Yes, absolutely right. I mean, it's very important that we, first of all, teach our children or convey to our children. I don't like to use the word teach, but convey to our children show our children the value of building relationships at this stage of their lives. You know, I keep telling the guys, even today, it is those relationships that are closest, not the ones you make after you're 45 and 50. It's very difficult to make those kind of relationships after you're 40, 45. So it's, we are falling back on those guys, you know, the guys we grew up with, like fortunately, since we are working in the place that we grew up in, we do have some of those guys around. You know, I mean, and, and it's a great luxury, which guys who have migrated to other places, far off places, don't uh, yeah. necessarily have. You know, so by that, even a simple thing as that itself, you know, by meeting with those guys and these fellows watching that, mm. I feel we are we are projecting the importance of making relationships as a first step itself. Now, what kind of what is the relationship advice? Well. I think that uh, it's very intuitive relationship. Uh, relationships are, you find guys who, who are your kind, so to speak. And everybody does that. The, the most nerdish of guys find their kind. And the most uh, gregarious of guys also find their kind. And you know that that happens. We all instinctively know that in school, we've got a gang. In college, we've got a smaller gang, perhaps, but still there's a gang. You know, and in work also, we kind of develop one small click with whom we go for coffee or lunch or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it's instinctive. Now, the value of that and the value of building a relationship at this stage in life, I think I cannot overemphasize. I fully agree with you. And relationship advice I'd like to give to youngsters. Well, somehow believe it. Believe me when I tell you that it is these guys that you're going to look for 35 years from now, you know, and if you find those guys 35 years from now and you say, hey, bother, you know, and when you, <laughs> you know, the feeling of, of meeting a guy who was with you in school or college, you, you feel like you actually uh, never been apart for all these years. You pick up from where you left off, so to speak. And uh, the more children watch their parents doing that, the more children watch their parents having meaningful relationships with their friends circle and their, their family or whoever it is that they have relationships with, I think the more important it is for them. The trying to, to be very insular, very uh, nuclear in your outlook, 
I think conveys that to the child as well. Yeah. And I think he is the loser in the long run. Oh. So it is it is good for us to 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 project our friends or proudly show our friends of school and college to these buggers and say, listen, you know this guy. <laughs> Can I tell you one or two things about this fellow? You know yeah. things like that. You know so that they get the value of that kind of relationship building. Oh, Doc. One of the things that I'm scared about, and I'm, I'm I think it's the first time I'm saying this on on our podcast. Is that my kids don't have the relationships that I made, or the type of relationships that I yeah. made when I was a kid? Till today, I am blessed to have friends who I know from fifth standard. Oh no, sorry, <laughs> they, one of the guys that I know from first standard lives very, very close to me. So yeah. whenever I go by, you know, and uh, he he's a successful businessman and so on and so forth. But whenever I and the kids love to go and meet, he he also runs a restaurant. So whenever we go there for a lunch or dinner, I you know the way I talk to him, they wonder how why is dad talking to this guy like this? He's a successful guy, you know. He's very uh, whatever. And uh, then I have to explain to them. The first time I actually took them and I was like, hey, "What? The, how are you? What's happening here? This, that, and the other." Cracked a few old jokes and stories. The kids are looking at me. Going back in the car, they ask me, "Dad, whoa, how can you talk like like that?" I said, "Hold on, I know him from <laughs> five years old." we are almost 15 now so don't worry about it you know that kind of thing it's something that i i i wish that because another thing that scares me doc is how quickly we have friends today in the world if i put out a nice video or a nice meme or a nice post or reel or story or whatever i can get friends i don't know thousands of people would like me <laughs> right you know what i mean no no absolutely i don't know we got to find another word for that category a friend is a is a is a, is a is a strong word for that cat that's true you know? acquaintance you know i think yeah. i don't know maybe we'll talk to facebook or something and ask them to change it to acquaintance <laughs> right. Really. Really. Right? Really. and have a quiz about you how much you know about the person before you can uh, level up to uh, the friend category i think we, we, we've got a Absolutely. business plan here doc <laughs> okay awesome Oh, you know, this is a question I want to ask you because I know, knowing that you were bred and buttered in Bangalore, what experience would you like your kids to have that you experienced, Doc? Yeah, you know, even now, uh, Steve, I have been in this institution where I currently work since 1993, which means that next year I would have spent 30 years in St. John's. And whenever I, I introduce myself to training groups and stuff, I say, "Hi, I'm Arvind Kasturi. I've been in this St. John's now for 30, 29 years." I call that the gasp moment. Both they and I gasp. You know, they also they say 30 years, and I say, "My word, it's been 29." You know, kind of. But one of the reasons why I think that I'm still here and I'm coming here every day, looking forward to a good day, is because of of simple things you know i mean it's it's a beautiful campus for those of you who've been here there's a lot of trees it's a lovely uh, uh, green <laughs> kind of atmosphere i even now i i kind of bicycle to work maybe two or three times a week so when you come on the intermediate ring road which is between koramangala i mean indranagar where i live at yeah. koramangala the stretch in the middle actually has has sort of like a wooded space on on the left you know and I, i i even now when i cycle through that i think hey look at this man the breeze blowing through it and bangalore is a beautiful place from that point of view. you know you there's plenty to look at and and like 
there's also plenty to look at which is which is not so great no doubt but but you've got the choice i mean you want to get stuck with looking at the traffic looking at the smoke looking at the fumes and the pothole that's your choice i mean remember it is a choice True. it's not that you have to everybody mandatorily has to gaze at the traffic no you don't have to you can there are things to see so if i were to pass on an experience of of this whole life so far i'd like to say that keeping things simple and appreciating the 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 basic stuff that is around you is something that i i value very highly and i think that that is something that i'd like to pass to these guys saying that the simple joy of 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 coming out of a door and boom the breeze hits you yeah. up and the, the bloody trees are swaying over there i mean you know how it is in the monsoon season now oh. the rain and stuff so how it can be so i would think that that is I'd like to pass that on. That that value probably doesn't doesn't qualify as an experience, but as a value that I'd like to pass to these guys, saying that look for the small things and find joy in them. I mean, and there's enough of those uh, around. You know, I, I another quote that I'm fond of telling my students is, you know, your word, not the word, but your word is more between your ears than around them, mm. in the sense that. I don't even know about the world. All I know is my world is between my two ears, and yeah, there is something around me. I I dare say, but but it's it's entirely up to you as to what you make of it, you know. And that's a value I think that I'd like to pass to these guys. Fantastic. I mean, that is so. You know, you remind me of something, Doc. I came. So I've never lived in Bangalore for a long, long period of time. I've I've always been on holiday. My parents used to live here when I was living abroad. And when I came back in 2015, you know, when you live in the Middle East, especially, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hotter. It, you have few months of cold and beautiful weather, but most of the time it's hot. So we always live in air-conditioned environments, right? Office, home, car, whatever. when i came back i came back in the month of may i'll never forget this doc and i'm sharing this with you uh i came back in the month of may and in june it started raining and man i loved it i had still not gotten myself a car so i used to take my kids in autorickshaw right so i say guys come on it's raining it's going to rain in typically it would rain in the evening time right yeah. so i would put the kids up in the in the autorickshaw and say let's go where are we going i said just i don't know but let's go we're going we're going and we would make sure the autorickshaw drives and the rain is falling and then i would stop at the small tea shop right and look for samosas and tea absolutely for me i was like a kid in a candy store i still love to do that by the way my kids were looking at me like hold on what's wrong with this guy <laughs> right on that track there was a time when we had double decker buses back yeah yep some years back you know when these fellows were very small so on sundays actually there was a double decker bus which we take from hl second stage where i live and then trying to sit in that you know on the top deck yeah first window if you you know the first two seats if you sit you get the the, <laughs> the full hit yeah yeah you know sit on that go and get off at bear hall and then take an auto rickshaw to cover park buy cotton candy just walk around there buy the chicken juice or something and then come back home <laughs> you know yeah absolutely those experiences absolutely uh, i i think i think our kids will not appreciate that very much they might enjoy it but not appreciate it right <laughs> fantastic doc 
I always ask this question because I believe fathers, like we, we were talking a little earlier, that fathers have a huge impact on very big social issues as well. And it all starts from our homes, right? If you look at environment, if you look at so many different things, right? It all starts from our homes. And fathers can play a role uh, in these different social issues that keep cropping up. What do you, according to you, what do you think a father has the biggest impact on? According to you, that is. I think that, uh, you know, like I said, when I, when I introduced myself, my work is now largely concerned with the care of the elderly. And in, in a family unit, you know that there is, there's a mix of people. There are young people, there are middle-aged people, and there are older people, you know? And I think that one social issue that we need to propagate is the fact that there are older people and that they need some assistance or help or, or to be listened to, to be, to be heard perhaps, uh, and to be acknowledged many times. I think that that is something that I feel strongly about in my area of work. So therefore, I guess willy-nilly, it's, 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 it's kind of something that I, I kind of radiate, a respect for, for the older, uh, older community. Uh, in our country, uh, I, can, I mean, the, the numbers are quite, quite astounding, to, to, to say the least. We have almost 130 million people at or about the age of 60 in this country now. And in the next 30 years, when these boys would have grown to some stature in life, uh, that percentage, okay, that was an absolute number, but the percentage of elderly people in India will be almost 20%, which means that one in every five will be an older person. So I think one social and issue that we need to probably propagate to all our younger people and when we say children, we're talking about a very young population, is that there is an older population around. That older population looks forward very greatly to an interaction, even a small one, with a youngster. And, and uh, uh, that is something that I think that we should try in our parenting to, to kind of uh, get across, saying that the respect for an older adult uh, is something that that is very important for a youngster to invite. I don't know if I've succeeded there with these guys, but but that is something. I oh, uh, you know, the more I've, I've read about that statistic, Doc, uh, knowing that we have one of the youngest populations in the world, as against uh, the Japans, for example, they have one of the oldest populations yes. in the world. And they're going to be, you know, uh, I mean, they're going to have a deficit in their age demographic. So uh, after a period of time, so uh, I, I I understand that I, you know, but as you as you say it, I'm just thinking about we are used to picking up the phone, sending a message, WhatsApp, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. The older generation is not right. I mean, right. Uh, right. they would prefer having a cup of chai and just having a chat. Right. So yeah, uh, Doc, would you recommend? Is there any place that we would like? Uh, I mean, the Papahood Podcast would like to promote for the elderly is there any association groups societies that we can uh you know ask our viewers to go and support in any sense if if, if as uh, as part of our work here uh, with the elderly we run a we run a small program called the senior citizen health service 
Uh, and part of the work that we do in the senior citizen health services, visiting old age homes. Of course, we visit them from a medical point of view. We go a quick round of the residents once a month. Uh, and three of the old age homes that we visit are for destitute elders. Uh, they are run by missionary sisters most of the time, but they exist. You know, they're very small places tucked into small localities here and there. So I would urge that if your listeners are interested, they should just look around and see if there is a, any organization in their vicinity caring for the elderly, uh, uh, especially the elderly who are not of very good means and who are who are finding it difficult and, and therefore are forced to be there. And if in any way they can support those, those organizations by visiting them or contributing to them, or some many of them encourage people to come and even spend time with the elders and stuff like that, I would think that that's, that's something that would be very, very valuable. Wow. And um, to all of you who are listening, I'm going to ask you to copy and paste the advice the doctor has just given us. Copy it in, look up elderly care or elder care vicinity in your vicinity so that you can uh, do that. I really, really appreciate if we can do that. Awesome. Now, Doc, I've got just a couple of questions. One, how has fatherhood changed you? <laughs> Maybe a little too late to ask, but hey. <laughs> well, I think that I have, I mean, it probably has made me a little more understanding of another point of view. Uh, you know, in the sense that we, we know the importance of listening. We know the importance of appreciating what the other guy is saying. But uh, when the other guy is your own son and he's not agreeing with you in no uncertain terms, <laughs> you have to say, you have to pause and say, wait, wait, hang on. <laughs> no, option A, the easy one is to shut up and listen to me. Option B, however, is to probably say, does this guy have a point? I mean, or, and that option B many times happens at night when your wife is telling you, why did you shout at that guy? <laughs> he had a point, you know, and, and, and what happened to you? Why did you have to talk to him like that? Now, this, if it happens in the early days, in the early years, I guess by the time they are 20 and 24, as they are now, yeah. it becomes a little easier, perhaps, and you you end up saying, okay, uh, okay, fine, you, you tell me your piece and let me see if maybe, maybe, I don't know, Steve, you've got to ask those guys, but maybe it has made me listen to another point of view. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love the fact that you mentioned, we know what listening is, but when it comes from our boy or from our daughters or sons, oh my God, the listening needs to take on a whole new level, isn't it? Awesome, awesome. Doc, we usually ask uh, all our guests uh, this one question. As a dad, now you can tell us right here, right now, or you can tell us a little later as well. Who, as a father, apart from your dad, who has influenced you the most? And can we get them? Would you nominate them here on our onto our podcast? Yeah, well, uh, Steve, yeah, that that would require some thought normally for me to think of who, who who this would be. But you know, you know, here's me with with children aged twenty and twenty four. But I know uh, of a relation, let's say, an uncle who's got children thirty and thirty plus. You know, and there's something about the ease with which that relationship goes 
Both the children are single, even now, at 30 and 35, whatever, a daughter and a son. And uh, there are many times I've admired the way in which that father and those, those children kind of, kind of do their thing. Uh, oh, and yeah. the way he's given them the, the space to, to just do what you want. I mean, and not necessarily conform. Because for that generation, this is an older yeah. uh, person. Uh, for that generation, you had to conform to many things. I mean, you had to uh, do this as a career. You had to get married at this year, at this age. You had to have children at this stage and all that. But here's a guy who from, you know, day one, or from what I understand, because the guy was born in the 1950s, has been a, a guy who's believed in, in completely uh, allowing you to do your thing, you know, kind of. And that has impressed me as a parenting style. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to, if you were to ask me to nominate a person, I would offhand nominate him. Oh, fantastic. What we're going to do is we're going to get in touch with you after this and uh, we'll try and fix that up. That would be fantastic to know who influenced you and why. So we'd love to have a chat with them if that's all right with you and the, the, the person as well. Uh, Dr. Arvind Kasturi, it's been an absolute pleasure. So I, I really love that you've given us this time. I appreciate it. Really do. I want to thank you. We're wrapping up our beautiful podcast here for today. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on to our podcast. One, two, for sharing so much, right? Because like I say, every dad writes his own parenting book. Even every mom does, by the way. But for us dads, we find very, there's very far and few of it. You know what I mean? So even off the shelf. So for us, I think sharing this, this experience that we go through, this role that we play, that, that actually, you know, uh, puts out a person into the world that the world has to either enjoy or ignore or hate, <laughs> right? We get, to, we get to make that, we get to make that individual and in that process, uh, you know, so thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Uh, I'm going to ask you to sign off, Doc. Yeah, I, I, Steve, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I just end with one line, which I kind of repeat ad nauseum to my children. Uh, and it is really ad nauseum because I've said it to them so many times, which is the value that I expect from them. Uh, you asked me this sometime, but I did say this particular line struck me now, which is, it's nice to be important but it's more important to be nice. You know, I, I really want them to be, to, be, to be looked at as a nice guy. And that's something I really believe in. And I look for, even in my place of work, I ask my, I ask my colleagues sometimes, but is that guy a nice guy? You know, and, I, and you know what I mean when I say nice? Because we want to interact with guys who are nice. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so it's nice to be important. But it's more important to be nice. Thank you so much, Steve. Oh, Doc, that is such a beautiful uh, line. I'm going to, I i don't know how many things I'm writing down here to copy for myself. I hope you don't mind with your permission. But uh, it's definitely something that I've learned and I'm going to be uh, learning from. I'm sure all our listeners are going to be learning from that as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the gentleman we just spoke to, the dad we just spoke to, talked so much about, he had a reference from the police, right? With every breath you take. I mean, that, that itself was great. You can't make old friends, Doc, they say. 
when we were talking about how relationships grow over a period of time and how our kids well we can't make old friends it's an old kenny rogers and dolly parton song you might want to look that up it's a beautiful one as well i doc thank you for also sharing with us the significance of looking after the elderly right uh, i think that is something that we really need to look out, look out for because it's 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 something that socially all of us can you know definitely uh, do it's well within our capability right even if whatever it is we can do so ladies and gentlemen there's so much i'm taking away it's nice to be important it's more important to be nice did i get that right doc yes it's nice to be important but it's more important to be nice with that being said ladies and gentlemen wherever you are thank you for signing up thank you for listening to our podcast remember linkedin facebook twitter instagram you'll find us at papahood podcast or under the tagline steven brass thank you so much wherever you are stay safe and dr arvind thank you thank you thank you thank you cheers everybody